Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. It's National Propose Day, Tony. Do you remember how you proposed? Tony Kornheiser, yes, I got down on one knee and I said, Eleanor, will you marry me? And she said, I'm already engaged to Franklin. And that's a funny line, Mike. We've just lost our entire audience. He lost it. He lost everybody under under 87 or 88. Under 100. Yeah. It's a Roosevelt (laughs) show. How great is that? Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Dodgers pitchers and catchers report. Gino Oriema gets win number 1,200, and Steve Young joins us for five good minutes. But we begin today with a relatively quiet NBA trade deadline. No real big names were moved. One real long name was moved. Shooter Boyan Bogdanovich went from the Pistons to the Knicks, along with Alec Burks. Gordon Hayward went from Charlotte to Oklahoma City. Buddy Heald went from Indiana to Philadelphia, and then Philadelphia sent Patrick Beverly, your boy, to Milwaukee. Will Bond, anything in particular catch your eye? The Knicks, the Knicks, Bogdanovich and Burke, the Knicks. The Knicks are going to the conference finals and the Knicks may go to the finals. Yes, I said the finals because I'm not convinced about Boston and the Celtics have a lot to prove. They may have the best record. They may have the best team. They may have the best depth, the best superstars, tandem, you know, with Tatum and Brown. I I get all that. But the Celtics have not, you know, they don't get extra credit. You got to prove it. And they haven't done it yet. They've gotten close. They were in the finals. They're a lot further along in this process than the Knicks. But the Knicks, Tony, I love that. I know that there's a history of Tibbs wearing teams out. And, they, you know, you can't just limp to the finish. You got to be strong when you get to May and June, particularly with so many teams to climb over yeah. the NBA. Yeah. But I love where the Knicks are. I love what Jalen Brunson's got to work with. It reminds me of one of those ensemble teams that the Pistons have won with where, no, you may not have a luminary, you don't have a super team, but you got a team. I like the Buddy Heel move is nice. Gordon Hayward to Oklahoma City helps them, but they need a big. Don't know why the Bulls needed to get rid of half their team and didn't, so I'm really disappointed. But the Knicks, your New York Knicks, you and Stephen yeah. A. are not going to be able to say forever in a day, maybe this year, oh, it's been so long. It might not be any longer. I'll be brief about this. Uh, Bogdanovich is a real shooter. He averages 20 points a game and shoots 40% from three. This makes Jalen Brunson's job easier because if you can throw the ball to DiVincenzo and you can throw the ball to Bogdanovich, these are guys who can throw the ball in the basket from anywhere on the court. A couple of things. One thing didn't make sense to me. The Buddy Heald thing did not make sense to me, Mike. If you're Indiana and you're relatively close to Philadelphia in the standings and you're trying yeah. to get ahead of them, why yeah. are you giving them a guy who can still shoot and score? I didn't really understand that. Well, Matherin, I understand they why Oklahoma up some City. They want to open That's, what that, that, that's okay. largely what that seems to be about. But I'm like, I understand I Gordon Hayward going yeah. to Oklahoma City. He's a veteran. I know he's hurt. But when he's not hurt, he averages 15, 5, and 5, and they're a young team, and they could use him. And so I thought to myself, Charlotte's a terrible team. Detroit is a terrible team. Hayward and Bogdanovich must feel like it's Christmas morning because they just went (laughs) places where they're going to be able to have long runs in in the playoffs. Uh, From a selfish standpoint, I I expected another terrible team, the Washington Wizards, to get rid of Kuzma and or Pool, I, I mean, and they didn't do it. They traded Daniel Gafford, I think we would agree, as an average big man, to Dallas, yep. and they didn't make as many moves as I thought. But, but no huge names. No huge names. Nothing no where you can point names. to and say, changes the arc of the season. Right. 
No, not 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 with this. Tony, the contract, the, the new deal, the new C, the CBA with his first apron and second apron and the difficulty of paying people. And it, it wasn't going to be that kind of trade deadline day like it's been in the past. But the Knicks, I think I'll be spending a lot of time in New York late in the spring. I'm just I'm just saying. Let's move Good to the future you. of UConn head coach. You can take my 95 to get there. I, you know, I, you know, I might learn to love it. <laughs> Gino earned his 1,200th win last night, and now he's just two sh- behind, two wins behind Coach K, six behind Stanford's Tara Vanderveer on the all-time college coaching list. But after the game, Tone, Oriyama said he won't be adding hundreds of more wins, but more along the lines of single digits. And he added, quote, I could probably say with a great deal of certainty that I'll never be number one in wins. Close quote. Tony, do those comments make it sound to you like this might be Geno's last season? Those comments make it sound exactly that. There's no, there's no other way out from those comments. When a guy says, I'm never going to be number one, and he's only six behind six. Tara yeah. Vanderveer, which he could make up this season if he won the national tournament. There's no other way to look at that. When he says that the wins I'm going to get from now on are in single digits, Mike, since 1993, that's the last year when Gino Auriemma did not win at least 25 games at UConn. So if you do the math, you are forced to conclude that he's going to walk at the end of this season. Now, I, I need to add this caveat. He did not say I'm going to do that. Maybe this is part of a grand strategy. Maybe there's something he wants at UConn. He can't have the men's team because Danny Hurley just won the national championship. And the other thing I thought about, Mike, it, it's like an Elway ending, if, if you follow me. I think they play South Carolina this weekend. South Carolina is undefeated and number one. What if Gino beat them and walked? Walked right there. <laughs> How great would that walk. be? He can't walk. But let's, let's, let's dive into this. I mean, you look. You and I have had a million conversations each and in tandem with Gino Auriemma. Gino's no stranger right. to us in conversation. And one thing is, stop me if you think I'm wrong here. Gino doesn't just say stuff. He's not a guy. They're not the emojis out there. And he doesn't go passive aggressive like LeBron in social media. That's not Gino. Gino, you're on the phone with him. You're in person with him. You're at lunch with him. Yeah. Gino says, here's what I'm ordering, and that's what he does. So when I, hear, when I heard this last night, my immediate thought was, my God, this is it. Meaning this year. Now, yeah, there's one thing to point like. against that. He's got like a $15 million a year left on his contract. Gino can make a ton of money in TV, too. No, not that much. But when I hear Maybe this, he's Tony. Got enough. Mike, if I sit here now, I take the over. I don't think he's going to walk. Okay. But he could. He he's could. a year younger than Tara Vanderveer right now. So, I mean, I'm yeah. not, I, I, he's a kid to me. 69 is a kid. Let's move. <laughs> Let's go to baseball. Dodgers pitchers and catchers report today to their camp in Arizona near you, Wilbur. The Dodgers yep. spent, get this, $1 billion in the offseason bringing in players. Not everybody is thrilled by their acquisitiveness. Giants pitcher Logan Webb said, quote, there's just something about those guys that you don't like. Giants players, we all texted each other. We didn't like it, unquote. Former Dodger Ross Stripling said of his old team, quote, they're just going full villain mode, unquote. Wilbon, do you see the Dodgers as villains? Um, I'm going to see them that way because other people do. That's what villainy is. Who sees you as the villain? And they're going sort of New York Yankee on us, Tony, where they just go get 
whoever they want. And I know to some Dodgers folks who said, hey, you know, these people were available to everybody. No, they were not. Otani was not available to everybody. Otani had pretty much probably decided where he was going, and he went to the rival of the Giants. So I understand why they hate him, and they see the Dodgers easily as villains because the Dodgers are always villains to the Giants and their fan base. But, Tony, I I can't wait. By the way, they're not going to do anything outdoors for about five days, maybe ten in Arizona, where we need Noah's Ark right now. So they're not practicing outdoors there. But when they get out there, I want to go see them all the time. I want to see the Dodgers. They are must-see television, must-follow, wherever you follow them. But, yes, I can see them being villains. I understand why other teams feel this way. But if another team had signed Shohei Otani, would they look at themselves as being villainous? Or would they say, whoa, this guy gives us a chance to win? I also know that the Giants made an offer to Aaron Judge. They made an offer to Shohei Otani. And a couple of years ago, they signed Carlos Correa before backing out of the deal. Did anybody tell Logan Webb that? That the Giants were involved with all of these people as well? I am going to quote a Dodger player. I'm going to, yeah, they tried though. I'm going to quote the shortstop, Gavin Lux. Quote, 29 other teams could have done this, so I don't see how it could be bad for baseball. It's like Mookie said, do you expect us not to try and get the best guys to win? I'm rooting for the Dodgers this year. They should get them, but you have to live with the villainy. You have to live with the villainy, Tony. And 29 other teams could not get them, so Gavin Lux is dead wrong. They could not. That's both. No, other teams could have gotten them. And no, I'm living couldn't. with the villainy much closer to home of somebody moving some teams. Let's take a break. Ooh. Coming up, we'll ask Steve Young what he thought Ooh. Brock Purdy needed to hear when he spoke with him. We'll also ask Steve what changes he's seen in Patrick Mahomes' game as he enters his fourth Super Bowl. I can't wait to watch the Dodgers. Why do we play the game? Why? What did Herman say? Why do we they play? They should do we play that. To win the game. They should do that, but they have to live with the villain. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are fewer than 73 hours from kickoff of the Super Bowl. It is our great pleasure, and I emphasize great, to welcome back one of our favorite guests in the history of this show, Hall of Fame quarterback, Niners legend, and the MVP 
of Super Bowl 29, Mr. Steve Young. And we will begin with this. Brock Purdy said the two of you have spoken. What did you think was the most important thing that he had to hear from you? Uh, I think the most important thing, Tony, was that he's playing against Patrick Mahomes. And last week after the game, Pat, uh, Brock Purdy said, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the strongest. And so, like, I told him, lean into that. Your superpower is processing. Do not get caught into watching some Superman across the field do something that you, is not your game. Don't be drawn into a game that's not yours. Play your game, right? It's an efficiency game. It's getting the ball in and out, out of the huddle. Call the play. Let Kyle call his cool play. And then you go run it, get to one of these great players in space, and then put the pressure on that defense continuously as they try to come up with concoct ways to cause you some grief. So to me, Brock Purdy, just be who you are. Use your superpower in processing. Do not watch Patrick Mahomes. Even look down. Like, just look away. Do not watch anything he does. <laughs> Speaking of processing, Kyle Shanahan, you said that Kyle Shanahan makes an opposing defense speak before each snap. Steve, what's he making him say? What are you hearing? What are you – is his quarterback looking, you know, looking for? Well, think about it. It's offense, so you get to dictate, and so you dictate in, in motion and in formation, and what you want to do is you want to force the defense to adjust. Defenses love for you to come out, get set, let them get set, and then let them move around and do some cool stuff to cause grief. What you want to do is cause them to stop and go, wait a second, what are they doing? How do we adjust and change that dynamic? And that's what Kyle does such a great job of in formation and in motion. And you pick up, obviously, man and zone, but you, if you really are owning the data like Brock does, you can start to look at how they adjust, and linebackers, you get a sense of blitz. Who is coming? Who is faking that they're going to come? Because that's the superpower. As a quarterback, If you, you know how they fake. They're coming to the line of scrimmage. I'm coming. And if you know deep in your heart they're not coming, you can really make some hay. All right, if we're talking superpowers in this chess match, what are you seeing from Spags? What signals do you think you're getting from him? How do you beat him, Steve, given his – I mean, he's got a pretty vast resume at this point, and it's deserved. Well, Kyle Shanahan and Spags are both the you know, innovative minds, and there's just not a lot of them. And so they take advantage of the rank-and-file teams around the league and kind of abuse them, and they can cause grief on both sides of the ball. Now they face each other, and I think in the end, because it's offense versus defense, defense has to be able – they can't dictate the terms that he wants to. He can try, but that's how you get burned with Debo coming out of the backfield or all the other things that the 49ers does. So he's going to be have to be very careful with what he does. And so in many ways, what you say to yourself, okay, maybe we just let's just play one defense or two defenses and just play them really well. He won't be able to hold back. In the end, the innovative minds have to go back at each other. And I think advantage to offense and Kyle Shanahan when those two meet, that actually because it's offense, they can actually have more of a dictation to the terms. Steve, I, I know this is off Are course we? a little bit, but I, I, I want to ask you, looking at the, these 49ers, as powerful, as potent as they are, how often do you wind up comparing them to your 49ers, which had weapons out the wazoo as well? I mean, can you watch these guys and, and, and not do that? And how do you think they stack up with your championship teams? Well, Mike, very well. In fact, it feels very resonant, and not just in the talent. Right, it's the spirit and the leadership in the locker room, the selflessness, the set, the spirit of Bill Walsh. Let's have an element of love for each other. And then we look across the huddle. There's some, you know, it's like people with shared common experiences. It was like that's what he did back in the '80s and '90s. And really, in many ways, this team is resonant to me about that. The leadership 
feels that way, and then the talent level. In free agency, you're not allowed. John Lynch, how? What do you mean you're going to gather the greatest amount of talent that you've ever seen in one team in free agency? Like, how does he do that? And that's the magic of this season for the 49ers because it feels very resonant. Huge amount of talent, and the spirit coming out of the locker room does feel like the old days. We will get you out of here on this, and we will go back to quarterbacks. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes early in this chat, and you are a quarterback you're in the Hall of Fame, so you know what you're talking about. He's in the Super Bowl for the fourth time now, and he's not even 30 years old. As a quarterback, what do you see when you watch him now versus what you saw in previous years? When he came into the league, you guys saw it. He put on that Superman cape immediately, and he dominated all the way to a Super Bowl playing Superman. And what we realized, and he had to realize, is that you actually can't make a career of just putting on the cape. And we see Josh Allen be, have to put it on way too much, both forced and then I think sometimes he chooses it as well. You have to learn that you have to be Clark Kent as well, right? You have to be able to do the commodity work. Give me a play. Let me run it. Let me drop it off. Let me be 10 of 11 in the first half or 14 of 15 for a couple. And it doesn't necessarily have to put on the cape. And in that, that is maturity. I've seen Patrick, for a guy that can be as much of a Superman as anyone has ever played, to actually have him to come down and be Clark Kent, Clark Kent was actually a big ask. I thought he's done very well. And you saw these playoffs. You've seen the offense be very efficient. He's been more Clark Kent than anything during these playoffs, and he can be both, and that's why he is probably supremely dangerous. Such a pleasure. It really is. Thank you so much. Steve, thank you. Appreciate it, it's man. I, I feel like it's cathartic, take- right? It's therapy. I feel better. <laughs> yeah. Let me on the couch. But well, we don't. Beautiful. We don't often have people say the commodity work. I was pretty happy to hear that. Let's take one last break. Still to come, an historic pitching performance in the Caribbean series. And how will the depleted Knicks team fare against the Mavericks tonight? The improved Knickerbockers team. Yeah. I'm so happy to see you. So happy to see Steve. Great to have Steve, isn't it? Yes, it is. It truly is. Happy time, people. Happy 70th birthday, Joe Madden. His first big league managerial job was in Tampa Bay beginning in 2006. By 2008, the Rays had won the American League pennant and gone to the World Series, where they were beaten by Philadelphia. Madden left Tampa Bay after the 2014 season, went to the Cubs, where he accomplished the thrill of your life, Wilbon. He won the World Series over Cleveland in 2016. Madden was let go by Chicago after the 2019 season, and he went to the Angels, who always look so good on paper and never win. Madden was fired mid-season 2022. He is available and only two years older than Bruce Boshi and Brian Snitker, who have won two of the last three World Series. Tony, lightning in a bottle. I mean, in 2015-16, I knew that this was, like, never going to happen again. This is once in your life. There was a shot. In 17, it really was. But if we'd gotten Verlander, maybe we finish it off and get a second one. But you know what? That one season, they did the impossible. The Cubs did with Joe Madden. Yeah. There's no encore for that. Let it go. I've let it go. Happy anniversary, Spud Webb. On this day, 38 years ago, the five foot six Atlanta guard went head to head against his Hawks teammate and defending slam dunk champion Dominique Wilkins. Webb was the shortest player in the league at that time, and he stole the show with a series of precise and acrobatic dunks. 
Webb had a 42-inch vertical leap and supposedly first dunk when he was 5'3". Wilkins said of Webb, quote, I'm proud to be his teammate. Best little guy I ever saw. Everybody likes to see a little guy do well. He did a lot of dunks. Guys 6'7 and 6'8 can't do, unquote. Now, voting in the All-Star Dunk Contest is subjective. Wilkins was the human highlight film. But a 5'6 guy throwing it down is gold, Jerry. It is, Tony. But, I mean, come on. Dominique was so great at this. By the way, Dominique, if you see him doing the games or you can see him courtside, you'll walk past and it's like being in a time machine. Dominique Wilkins looks great. There's a little gray, but he looks like he could go out right now and throw it down. And Dominique's got to be 62, I'm guessing, 63. Kids. Throw it down, Dom. Throw it down. Happy trails to the Caribbean series from Nicaragua. Nicaragua out of the series, courtesy of a no-hitter by Venezuela's Angel Padron. Padron threw the complete game no-no in just 88 pitches, 57 of which were strikes. Last time anybody threw a no-hitter in the Caribbean series was 1952. The left-handed Padron, who spent five years in the Red Sox farm system, struck out four. Only blemish was a walk he issued in the eighth inning of a 9-0 win. Venezuela's manager is Ozzy Yen. He managed through two different no-hitters in the majors, and his pitching coach, Carlos Zambrano, threw a no-hitter for your Cubs in 2008. That's right. Tony, there's not enough international baseball that's consumed on a national level. I just, I just think there's, there's so many great players worldwide that, you know, I mean, it's getting, you know, like soccer and pro basketball. You want to see these players whenever they play. They don't, you don't have to just do it in their leagues. The major leagues may not quench that thirst. I'd like to see more of it. Three greatest words in sports, pitchers and catchers. Let's go to the big finish. <laughs> Lucas Glover withdrew from the waste management after missing his morning tea time. Your thoughts? Nobody knows what time it is in Arizona. I live there some. I don't even know what time it is. They're not, you know, with everybody else. They don't change times. You can easily misread the time. Crystal Ball Del Solar shot a 57 on a par 70 course on the Corn Ferry Tour today. Is that a big deal? It was in the country of Columbia. Is it a big deal? 57. I'm usually going to number 10. 57. <laughs> Elena Deladon of the Mystics plans to take some time away from basketball. Your thoughts? She's 34. She's a great player. She's won a championship. She's done everything. It, she's earned the right to do whatever she wants. I'm going to miss watching Elena Deladon play. I hope it's not, you know, permanently. I hope one season. Women's hoops tonight. Penn State at number two, Iowa. And Caitlin Clark, what do you expect? I expect Caitlin Clark to get more than 30, maybe more than 35. Ooh. Last one, Mavs Ooh. at Knicks tonight. Who you got? The Knicks have everybody out. Adenobi, Grimes, Randall, Robinson, Brunson's questionable. I don't see the Knicks winning tonight, but the Knicks won the trade deadline, Tony. They won that. That's what matters today. We're out of time. We will try and do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheiser. Oh, that's right. Grimes got traded, so there is no Grimes. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can catch the podcast on ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Richard Jefferson, keep changing. PTI.